Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves Sturlo. Hear what they say about playing the game. You can't hear it today. I said now. Legal Council is brought to you by Rugby Pass, the premier destination for rugby and rugby league fans in Asia, streaming international test matches, the NRL, the Four Nations, Rugby Championship, Super Rugby, and more to your device wherever you are in Asia. Every match on Rugby Pass is available live and on demand and is carried in HD quality with adaptive streams. Welcome back to Legal Council. We had a week off last week. Um, Jack, you were obviously trotting around the globe um, with your Hong Kong Rugby League residence side. Um, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good thanks, Rui Hattie. Nice to hear your voice again. Uh, yeah, so apologies to our loyal listeners that we missed last week. I mean, we got some grief, like, oh, you can't be a proper podcast if you miss a week. It just, it was too difficult to do uh, Manila-based. Um, so, yeah, Hong Kong Residence 13 went over there and had a uh, a good victory in the Hong Kong Residence 13, uh, three out of three, and a definite heavy weight in the uh, Asian Rugby League. Are you firmly entrenched in Asia Rugby League or do you play in the sub-region of Southeast Asia? How does it work? Well, to be honest, league hasn't got that strong um, you know, tentacles out through Asia. So we basically, basically are developing now an Asia, uh, trying to develop an Asia Rugby League confederation because basically how it's set up is that the Rugby League is set up in Asia Pacific. And then obviously a lot of the, because it's Asia-Pacific, a lot of the um, attention is drawn on, you know, Australia, New Zealand, and the up-and-coming Pacific Islanders. And we feel as though we're not getting the, um, you know, attention, well, not necessarily the attention, but the, you know, potential funding and stuff by just having an Asian one itself. Mm. And therefore, we can focus on developing, you know, because there's, there's actually a good base in the Pacific Islands and Australia, New Zealand. So they, they've got a base to work from. We're trying to get, get that base here so that we can go from strength to strength in the future. And what kind of funding do you get for Hong Kong Rugby League? Is it just, you know, your sausage chisels? Or what do you do in Hong Kong? Do you do like a little, you know, stall in, um, in an expat area, maybe some dim sums? Or what is Hong Kong's delicacy? Is it um, char siu? Uh, yeah, char siu. So look, and to, I've, tr- I've tried to say... Um, Look, I think at our events, we need to get a bunning sausage sizzle going. Mm. Um, we've struggled to get the sausage quality up to uh, standard, like from a, like, you know, those just standard 100 packs you get from the Mad Butcher in Mungary. <laughs> um, but to tell you the truth, the, you know, the funding at the moment is coming from a few members' pockets at the moment. And obviously our sponsors too. Um, and Paul Broughton, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but he's yeah, a... Yeah, played for Brisbane. Old, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he's real old. He's supposed to be about ninety now. He's been his like he's just about dead. Sorry to him. No, nah, I shouldn't say that. But Paul's he's got a dream to get rugby league into China, mm. and he's got a few deals with a few um, uh, Shanghai universities to start getting it up there. So it sounds like the NRL might be coming through with a bit of funding. And mm. I'd prefer we don't want to put that into the actual mainland China. We'll look after ourselves. But that'd be great just to get some some league up there, you know. It's 1.6 billion people, and it's the people's game. It should really attract them, you know. So I heard yeah, recently really- that um, league was going to go through the States. There was an ex-rugby league, um, or an ex-NRL player, who was trying to um, get the World Cup in the States. Is that That's sort of gone a bit quiet lately. What's happening there? Mate, 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 mate. That's the... the Rugby League International Federation have agreed in principle 
to have the 2025 Rugby League World Cup in the States. Gee, um, you know, America, it's played a lot, uh, league on the East Coast of America. Yeah. And by committing to that, I know it's a long way down the track, but we can actually, we're actually, that almost guarantees that we're going to have a World Cup in America, greater America than Union. And, and I, you know, it was a gut, it was a, a gutsy decision to make that call. And there's going to be a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's not going to work, etc." But you know, we can. And, and Steve Mascord, who's a journalist that we both like, he says that you know how we get fired up because people call it rugby, like yeah. they go, "Oh, they call rugby league rugby." Yeah. We can actually steal Rara's IP by getting the World Cup there first, and you know, the Yanks won't know the difference, and then they'll love our game. Yeah, mate, that's it's massive news. I thought it was a bit of a fairy tale, but um, yeah, no, that's mate. brilliant to hear. It's just you know you got to make these gutsy calls, and it's for the future. Well, well, mate, no doubt about it. Now back to your trip to the Philippines and Manila, in in um, in particular, you were at length to describe it as a rugby league town. What was it like? Yeah, well, Manila, yeah, I mean, I think it's a rugby league town because it's just it's just got that feel about it. So we went over there, arrived on the Friday night. Um, we took a team of 17, 17 over. A few guys came from other parts of Asia that had lived in Hong Kong before. Um, being player coach, I tried to keep the boys under wraps, but like usual, when they get into a, a new town and they see those neon lights, uh, it was difficult <laughs> to control them. Um and so I got to bed quite early. I got to bed about 2 a.m. because I was worried about the game. And the, day before the game, you woke up too early trying to rant. What's that? Day before the game, you're in bed at 2 a.m. Yeah. Well, the game, and, the game, and the game kicked off at 12.30. And then I woke up at about mm. 7 just to try and you know, get all the boys together. We're meeting in the... Um, we went out in the foyer, and then surprisingly, everyone was in pretty good shape in the morning, except one bloke mm. who was supposed to be our star player. I'd never seen him play league, but apparently he's a really good rara player. And uh, I was going, where the fuck is Andrew? Where the hell is he? And I was all worried because the bus was about to go to the game. Mm. And then I smell this—I smell alcohol about fucking 40 metres away. He comes walking up the fucking road to the hotel with two other blokes, mm. one pom. And another problem, and they were just, his two mates were just off. You know, when you're sort of, you run into a couple of guys on a bender, mm. and they're just annoying? Just flying. Well, those two guys he was with were just annoying. But anyway, the long story short is, one of the guys ended up kidding up for us and sitting on the wing, mm. and played about three minutes on the wing. Made a really good run, actually, and then joined the rest of the tour, the rest of the tour with us, and he's still part of the WhatsApp forum. <laughs> giving us sick photos from Manila. Oh, and then the hell? other bloke was our water boy. And he did really well, kept us hydrated. It was quite a hot day in Manila. Um, so Manila, in terms of rugby league, what was their domestic? Because they actually, the Philippines have had players like Kevin Gordon um, and Matt Schrama who have actually featured in the NRL before. So they've got a bit of heritage, don't they? Yeah, so we played a side that was basically just... Um, uh, born and bred Filipinos. So mm. it was a bit like playing like eight-year-old school kids. Mm. Um, they were a bit malnourished, but we were like throwing them around. Mm. So that's why we won by 60 points. So that felt well. But their, their coach and a few other players like the Matt Travers, Andrew, Andrew Ingram, are obviously half Filipino Australians that are very good footballers. Mm. Obviously, uh, their mums are Filipinos, not their old men, because the um, you know, Filipino women are a bit more attractive than their men. 
And what happened to Andrew Everingham? He came on the scene and he had a really good first year for South Sydney. I think he went to Rugby Union, didn't he? Yeah, quite. Where'd he go? He went to Japan. Right, okay. Um, anyway, so... No, who do you ask? Andrew you, Everingham. You Kevin Gordon or Andrew Everingham? Andrew Everingham. He's Japan Rara because apparently if you've got a Filipino passport, hmm. um, you don't get taken as like an international player over there. Oh, yeah. So he's probably just hanging out there and he'll do a good four or five, five or six years or so. Um, all right. So sounds like you had a good tour on and off the field. Um, back to the NRL. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. back to the NRL. Um, this week, as I said, this week has been um, another turbulent week. Jason Taylor was the first coach fired. Actually, we thought it was going to be Des Hasler in our preseason shows. Um, I think that Des Hasler, the way he's looking at it, is going to be potentially the second coach fired, but we'll get to that. Taylor, thoughts on Taylor? Did they act pretty swiftly? It reminds me of when the Warriors sacked Matthew Elliott. Um, they sacked him after a round three game against the Sharks. Um, and pretty much just said, no, nah, the way that they dug in that game is not going to get any better. Um, and I think that what the Tigers look as though they're doing is they're saying, if we don't do something now, we're going to lose so-called Big Four, which is just ridiculous to call them the Big Four. They've got Woods, who's an established player, Tedesco, who is tantalising, and then a couple of young um, roosters who we've certainly given stick to on the show. Right call by the Tigers to get rid of Taylor? Um, yeah, I think it was the right call. I mean, you can tell there's something wrong at Tigers HQ just by having him take the team through all that preseason training and getting him out of round three, considering they tailed up the bunnies round one. Um, yeah, but right decision. Sometimes you, just, you need to make the decision. Uh, uh, and look, it's happened. And I mean, if you're a rugby league person that has listened to our podcast, you would have just heard this ad nauseum. It's just been dominating the airwaves, hasn't it? Um, but, yeah, I think Tigers are dysfunctional. This Marina Go doesn't even know who Laurie Daly is. What? Um, there's all this controversy. What's that? What's this, what's this yarn about not knowing who Laurie Daly is? Oh, she, you know, Laurie, uh, she's the chairman, right? Marina yeah. Go. Yeah. She um, actually was at a function. Who told me this? Uh, I think it was Paul Kent or Buzz Rothfield. And at, at one of the early season NRL things and comes up to Laurie Daly and goes, oh, hi, I'm Marina Go." Um so who are you? Didn't even know who Laurie Daly was. Oh, gee whiz. But, you know, yeah, no, that's inexcusable. I was going to try and defend her for a second, but I'm not going to. Um, Tigers, um, they looked as though that's going to be Ivan Cleary's destination behind the scenes. He's actually already put up his hand. He's, he's not backward and coming forward about it. And I think he'd be a brilliant coach for the Tigers. Right coach for them, right time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Cleary's who, 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 you, who you would want to nab. But the question is, though, that the doggies might, now now that Taylor has gone, the doggies might actually be forced their hand to get rid of Des Hasler earlier because otherwise they'll miss out on Cleary. It's exactly, and if you're, exactly my fault. If you're Cleary, you'd rather go the dogs, right? Uh, I look at the... Wow. I don't know. I, I think wow. that in terms of stability, it seems wow. as though the dogs is a more stable club. Tigers... Probably a little bit more of a tantalising um, proposition in that they do have a fair bit of young talent. Um, the Dogs is going to be a bit of an overhaul, but they're always able to, as we sort of talked about in the um, couple of shows ago, they've always been able to recruit well in the past on the back of their name and the back of being a very successful club. So um, if I was Clary, would I go to the Dogs or would I go to the Tigers? Probably I'd go to the Tigers, I think. Um 
potential really? to build potential I, I to build something there. Um, and maybe with their crop of juniors, I think that that probably just tip me over the line rather than trying to really remake over a bigger challenge at the Dogs in many ways, despite the fact that the Tigers are just such a mess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Cleary's going to one of those clubs because I think Des is gone. Would you give him two weeks? It just, he, he, there's next loss. If it's not this week, he's going in his next loss, isn't he? Oh, I think, yeah, he has to. Um, that was... And, uh, and I mean, the listeners legal council will realise how much I really dislike the dogs. And as I said, there's no, nothing much better in rugby league than seeing the dogs on the back of a scoreline like that. Um, but, you know, Des is not, a, I still don't think he's a bad coach. I just think he's got some things, he just ran out of ideas with that Bulldogs team. And there was an interesting stat, I think I told you on the during the week, that before um, Kevin Moore, hmm. every Bulldogs coach, Hmm. had won a premiership from their existence. Really? Yeah, it's pretty good, eh? Yeah, when were the Bulldogs, what are they, sort of 47 around there? 30, no, they're 32 or something. All right, well, we'll have to probably do a bit of research there. I can't pull that off the top of my head. Um, one thing I did like about the Dogs, they were horrific, and they got beaten by um, Manly, and Tom Trebovojevic just really, for me, should stood out in his credentials and I'd be putting him as the fullback for New South Wales. Actually, on second thoughts, probably put him on the wing and keep Moreland at fullback. The guy is an absolute out-and-out superstar of our game. But the Dogs did something that, despite Dez unwilling to waver from his game plan from 2012, they did something that really impressed me and, and they were short goal-line dropouts. And the more I thought of it, the more it makes sense. You know, if you do a goal line dropout and you get a good one and it, you know, lands over the 50 meter mark, two or three tackles later, doesn't matter what, they're going to be attacking your line. So you're either, you're going to be faced with three tackles on your line or the full five. Now, it also comes with the opportunity of 50 50 getting that ball back. So I think that that's just a, an absolute must do every time a short goal line dropout. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, um, I think that they did. Did they had to do two yesterday and mm. got one back, and then the other one they had the opportunity got back, but and just somebody dropped it. the ball. So if you do the maths, it, it's already working out and paying. In the words of Brad McDonald, paying for itself. Mm. Totally agree. Tavoyevich was absolutely outstanding. Cherry Evans seems to have picked up his um, picked up his game a lot on the back of his big big contract. And I was just thinking about the Blues and the back three, and and you just got to say. You know, now is the era where we're going to usher in the next generation. And I've sort of, last year they kind of half did it, brought in a couple of youngsters and the, and the kind of whatever, the, the shadow squad, like your Bryce Cartwrights and your Frizzells and eventually got a game. But if I was New South Wales, I'd be getting Tom Dravojevich out there. I'd be getting David Nofaluma, Matt Moylan, I think. I'd establish a head at Tedesco. Um, I put Jake Dravojevich in the pack. And they've just got to do something completely different and throw this this youth out there and, and hopefully they establish themselves because those boys, despite being sort of twenty twenty one, they are exceptional players. There's just no need. I'd also throw out Nathan Cleary there um, ahead of the likes of a Mitchell Pierce. Um, so what's your take on that? Would you would you go the youth policy? I think Cleary is... I agree with all those guys. Like you got some superstars. Then you haven't even mentioned Tedesco. And to be honest, I'd probably have... Moylan and Tudovich. Uh, yeah, I would over to Tedesco just at the moment. I mean, I just love to do to to Richard Moylan, and they got a lot of a lot of stuff there. Um, Cleary, I have question marks on still as yet. Uh, 
But what I, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make the punt now so that it'll pay off for the next 10 years, which I, you know, maybe you're right. Uh, but I still think Moylan could be a half, you know? Yeah, he's probably, I, I think that he is a natural six. He, he's that second half career lockier six, isn't he? Um, but I think he's just yep. at the club right now. And they've probably got so much talent um, that the Panthers could do really what they want. But I think they brought in Tim Mighty Martin and they quite like him. And he's an up-and-coming six and he plays probably well with Cleary. And there's no need to switch him to six because there's no one putting heat on him. But I think this young Dylan Edwards has got a lot of reps on him and he's a natural fullback. So in the next two, three years, it'll be interesting yep. to see where Moylan gets to because um, he can play six. He is a six anyway. He plays in the line. Um, and he's a very so good ball if player. I was a, if I was a um, cockroach, I'd be Adam Reynolds and Moylan uh, in the halves this year. Just go, Harold's Reynolds, he must be 26, 27. So he's probably got yeah. four more years of origin. I just don't think, I mean, what, what, what really is between him and Cleary? There's bugger all between them. And Cleary is, I think he's more explosive player. Reynolds has got a lot of more games under his belt, but I'd go Maloney with the experience um, and Cleary for that. Just he's exciting, but he can also boss a team around. I saw enough from him last year. I don't care how old he is. I think he's exceptional. I think he's the next Australian halfback after Cooper Cronk retires. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I rate the bloke. I'll tell you what, though. So what about Latch Mitchell must get a go this year? Latrell Mitchell. Why can't anyone say his name? It's Latrell, as in Latrell Sprewell. What's all this level yeah, shit? Gee, what's his brother's name? Sh- Shakai. I don't think it's quite Shaquille, which I, I wish it was. It's not Shaquille. Yeah. No, it's Shakai. Yeah. But obviously, his mum and dad grew up watching a lot of um, mid '90s basketball with Latrell Sprewell and Shaquille O'Neal. So um, good on them. Yeah. Great names. Well, his name is his Ryder. R I D E R. Really? After Isaiah Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, the old behind the legs or between the legs dunk, he was the first one to do it, I think, from memory. Um, so some other, something else that happened during the week was Jason Taumalolo signed a 10-year deal. I think it was 10-year, 10 million. Um, yep. I'm big on the guy. I think he's the, you know, he's the arguably the best forward in the competition. But 10 years, I think it, it's just too long to throw at anyone for mine. Um, I, I would, even though he's 23, I would probably have looked even as a as a big statement as a seven six or seven year deal, but ten years is you know surely there's some clauses in there from the club to get out because that is enormous length of contract. Oh, look, I mean there is, I mean it's a contract, right? It's a rugby league contract. Depending on what happens in a few years, things will change and they might be able to. But I mean the other thing you need to think of is that obviously Tamalolo's managers went in there and wanted stability for his large uh, family and stuff, but. You know, the Cowboys are probably on to it as well. I mean, a million dollars, let's say it's uh, evenly spread over those 10 years. A million dollars in five or six years is probably not even, it might be mid-range, mm. might be a mid-range forward, you know mm. what I mean? With mm. changes to both inflation and the um, and the salary cap. So I think the Cowboys, they'll, they'll be, you know, be, they don't um, seem a stupid organization up there. I think, you know, it, it, it's almost like saying, I think in... If you did like a net present value analysis, it's probably only like six million for ten years, and then all of a sudden you start thinking, okay, it's a it's a good deal. Yeah, I think that there'll be clauses in both parties' favours, and I think there's always going to be a clause if the salary cap goes up, then Tamalolo will be able to renegotiate, and likewise for the for the Cowboys, if um, if 
injuries persist, then they'll probably be able to renegotiate as well. So, um, just well, a quick a question: one. Can somebody, if we've got any uh, people in the legal fraternity, if they come across a contract, just send it through? I wouldn't mind just pouring over some of the finer details. Well, you probably could Google Martin DePal's contract because that went through to a oh, yeah. Canadian lawyer um, who blew the top off him playing, or him signing with Manly. So. I dare say that if you Googled that, you could find Tapel's contract pretty pretty easily. Maybe that's something for you to bring to the next show, mate, and, and get through sort of the finer points in it. Um, but as we are in Sunday afternoon footy, gee whiz, Leichhardt Oval today was just humming. And the Tigers, as quite often happens, the new coach factor, I think it's sort of 75% of the coaches coaching for their first time get a win in the NRL. They got out on top to a 14-0 lead. Storm scored before halftime. And I'm looking across at the scoreboard now. Storm are up 22-14. And every year, as I do, I just don't rate the Storm. And they come back and make me have egg on my face. They've done it again. The Tigers, wow. It's it's not a good time to be a Tigers fan, is it? So the first thing, Harry, you know that theory about new coaches generally get the win? Yeah. I think that theory is actually, that's a five- or six-year-old theory now because... Yeah. Of the last six uh, five or so, I think that's changing. Yeah. But yeah, you're always right off the storm. I do. They haven't even played that well today. Did you see Josh Edo Cars try against his old club? No, I didn't. No, you missed it because you're recording this bloody thing, but gee whiz, you'll love it. He's probably the quickest in the NRL, would you say? Oh, no doubt, I think. When are we going to get back down to Wentworthville Park and get these blokes out running? Yeah, I just still remember there was back in the day there was those um, those halftime races. Lee Odenrein and Martin Afire. Odenrein beat him back in '92, but um, I think Afire was a noted big um, big partier, so I dare say he was out the night before. Um, but I'm still but big on the race to Carabao Station. Yeah, it was it was the length of the field. Um, I still yeah, think quite that, too. That, that there should be an all star game. Um, we we'll like what they do at the start of the season, but, you know, bring in all the different, the kicking competitions, sprints, um, skills competitions, and, you know, throw some random ones out there, like get in the gym, get to Pal on... Who do you reckon's the fastest forward in the game? Uh, I reckon maybe someone like a Boyd Cordner or Matt Gillett, one of those sort of type of build guys, Tyson Frizzell. I reckon from what I've seen, maybe Brenton Lawrence. He's fucking quick. Yeah, he's quick, but geez, he doesn't. He can bomb a try, can't he, Brendan Lawrence? He never passes at the right time. He always um, blows out. Speaking of blowouts, I was meaning to mention this to you last time. What the fuck is Ricky Stewart doing messing around with the Coltrane? Why is he in the NRL? But, oh, mate, I think you got to think if you're in Ricky's shoes, you get a, a huge look at this, a physical specimen for basically free mm. to develop, and he's on his last chance, so he basically has to behave himself. I mean, Ricky's not... I think, you know, we'll see what happens with Dave Taylor with his big ass and his big Coltrane hips, but it's, to me, it's a no-brainer. He, he offers... He basically gets somebody on his roster that has big-time experience that can blow a game wide open for free. I d- totally disagree with you there, Harry. I just think that the the way that the roster was for the for the Raiders last year, they had just the perfect blend of a roster, and they weren't that far away from winning the comp that last year. Now they haven't really lost anyone. No, they're going to be there Edric, or thereabouts this year. They've lost Edric Lee, and um, they've replaced him with Cottage on the wing. Is looks pretty solid. But these bench forwards that they had last year, you know, and the guys that were playing in the second row like Whitehead, Soliola, Bateman, 
Tepane. They just don't need Dave Taylor. They, he's just taking someone else's spot on that roster. Um, and I also liked well, when they had um, Kurt Baptiste. Is he still with the Raiders this year? Yeah, he is. He's been injured. So he'll, they'll, he'll look, they'll look good when he's back, you know. Because Hodgson, um, Hodgson's injured. What what's that? Hodgson looked as though he injured himself on Friday night. Oh, okay. But he's a tough, he's a tough MF, uh, mm. old Josh Hodgson from one of those Northern English tough nuts. So from what you've seen in the comp so far, mm. is it fair to say there's only four teams that can win it? The teams, I think, that at the moment that you probably say they can win it are the Roosters, Panthers, um, I still think Raiders, Broncos. I said before the comp that they were going to be able to win it. I think they've still got the team that can win it. Um, that's four. You still but, could but, say but, the Sharks, but, uh, Cowboys is six, Storm seven. I think there's seven. Wow. But you'd have to say the Broncos have went out further now. Yeah, the Broncos have slipped outside of where I thought they'd be, and I just don't think that Wayne Bennett... I don't know. Like it's, He's losing it. He's actually losing it. When you see a Wayne Bennett side, it's not the same as the old Wayne Bennett sides because this this Broncos side is inevitably beatable, I reckon, in any given week. Now, they, they, they may win games, but ultimately each game I think they're there for the taking, which is just not like the old Bennett sides. Um, yeah, the Sharks, you know, they're going to go up and down. I don't think the Sharks will win it, the way that their roster is, they can win it. Now, they've just got Seguiaro. How the hell did they get Seguiaro? Yeah, I, uh, he's, a, he's a good footballer. Uh, well, they, I think, again, he, he was in a, they were negotiating with Leeds because basically Seguiaro, which is becoming a really popular thing to do at the moment, is it? as an NRL player goes to generally Leeds, which is probably the better town up there, and reneges after about oh. six weeks because they don't like the weather or the food. It's just, I mean, how many fucking rugby league players just come out with a got the homesick call? Are you serious? You've gone over to the UK, you've got sick of it, and you've basically, prior to going, you haven't had any good offers, and then you do get a couple of good offers, so you say you're homesick. Sammy Tompkins is another one, that little C. He um, said that he was homesick after a year and a half, and he wanted to go home. He was terrible. And he's not even playing. He's, is he still injured? Gee, oh, he was a... Gee, we made some... Bad purchases, and he was one of them. Have you seen well, any, like, something tried to defend him? Have you seen highlights of Tompkins in the UK? Like, was he actually any good? He was just. It's a different game of football over there. If you're fast and skinny, mm. you can offer something. But I mean, he was just. We threw a lot of money away at him, didn't we? I mean, they also killed off Kevin Locke, who was playing pretty well at the time, and he, we basically ended his career by bringing over um, the white Billy or the English Billy Slater, as that he was touted to us. And he was not a good signing. As um, as we've seen time and time again, English backs don't cut it in the NRL. English forwards, almost every time they do, and they do better than yeah, yeah, uh, better than expected. Um, this week, though, for me, has seen, and I don't even know, it's, it's, it's so much for a promotion because I didn't even know it was happening until I saw it on the field. What the fuck is with a superhero week? Like when we're doing superheroes on jerseys. What's that about? Marvel and, it's incredible. Oh, look, I don't, I, I, I'm not into it, but as long as they look a bit like the club's colours, hmm. the Tigers sort of have. But in, I think it's, it's NRL wide, hasn't it? The NRL's done a deal with Marvel Comics. So, you know, good on the NRL. They're actually looking at different uh, uh, ways of getting revenue. The, the key is, is it long-term going to put people off the game? And, you know, if you get a real purist, they'll say, they don't have to stand in and say, a club is allowed three jerseys a year, a home strip, an away strip, and a different strip. strip for Heritage Rep. So that's yeah. where you cut it. 
Yeah. And the thing that it just it just highlights for me is that in the last sort of seven or eight years, this just obsession with superhero movies. If you go to the movies right now and you look on the board, I'd say eighty percent of the movies are Marvel comics or superhero based. It's just ridiculous. Like there's no good old fashioned just comedies or even your classic sort of rom coms. There's just nothing. There's no eighties or nineties movies that used to go to and just sort of just watch and enjoy. You know, small budgets, but good sort of ensemble cast. It's just a joke. Like, going to the movies now is a dead set. Oh, if I was Jeff Toofy, I'd want to fucking investigate. I, I haven't been to the movies for ages, but you know, I, I have noticed there's a lot of these superhero crap. Like, Iron Man, it was like five or six years ago. It was all about fucking vampires. Yeah. Oh, just, you know. Oh, jeez, my laptop just blew out. So, What does that mean for podcast? Uh, So, in terms of getting sort of... Uh, off out of this, out of the reality that we face day in day out, with regards mm. to league and the NRL, mm. I've been uh, well. I'm actually in the market to buy one of these hollow lenses from um, Voxoft. So yeah. this is an augmented reality uh, kit. Yeah. And then you also got the, which I think is the next one is the HTC Vive, mm. which is a virtual reality one. Mm. And now what you can do is you can. Uh, and obviously, I'll tell you what industry will lead the development of this. It'll be the porn industry. But then I was thinking... Because what there, you can There do, is already virtual reality you know, porn. Yeah, I can imagine there is, but I don't know how good it is. Or anything. Have you tried it? No, I've, I have seen a short um, preview for a documentary on the Vice channel about it. And um, this lady was um, messing around with it, and she was saying how good it was. But um, nothing other than that for me. Yeah, because... Oh, what I'm thinking is I've been sort of thinking about it. So what have you heard of what – do you know what a haptic suit is? No. So a haptic suit is you basically put the suit on, and it's developed so it puts pressure on your um, on your body wherever, like, you're uh, based on demand. So you could put on a headphones, a Vive HTC uh, goggles, and a haptic suit, and then you could – play a virtual reality game of rugby league mm. so what you actually need to do is you have to hire out a rugby league field mm. but then it would be sort of location based so to know where you are on the rugby league field mm. but then you could play a game of rugby league and what was that'd be awesome because you could basically say oh um i want to play for i want to play halfback for the dragons mm. against the broncos at suncorp stadium and you'd literally put this on, and you'd actually be there. You'd hear the crowd. They would perform like they really would. You'd get smashed, and the haptic suit would, like, really damage you. Well, I think or, that, but, that's... But you the, could also change... That's the future for you could video change games, your isn't it? Exactly. And then you could change um, the level. So you could say hardest level is basically real test match or real game. So mm. basically, if yeah. someone hits you the right way, you could die. Mm. And then there's, like, low, so low-level... Low hardness is basically you can go in there and you'll feel the hit by Cassiano, <laughs> but it won't kill you. Yeah. Well, and I then, think there's a lot of video so games out there. You could say, then you could say, oh, I'm going to do a classic match. <laughs> and you could be the the, cent, the right center and you could just put yourself into a position and you go, okay, I'm right center, which I think might have been Paul Hene and the 2005 grand final against the Tigers. And then Josh Hene. You could put yourself at the 48th minute. Yeah. and see if you could actually stop Benji when he got that ball away. <laughs> well, as, as I was sort of saying before, there's a lot of video games are going that way, and those suits and stuff that you recommend, I don't think you're too far away from playing a um, 
pretty realistic video game where you do cop this cop the hits and i have heard in the past that there are and maybe it might have been ice hockey that had that utilized that suit to um to mimic some of the hits so um gee whiz that would that would not be a bad little way to spend a um a sunday arvo if there's no footy on um so look we're obviously recording the show prior to the dragons warriors the last game of the round um Kieran Foran, just checked before, he is listed in jersey 22 and he's starting. Make me. I love it. I love it when you get a guy starting with a large number on. It reminds me of back in the day when you'd watch and you'd play for reserve grade and then if you um, got called up, they only named the benches because you didn't really have an interchange. You sort of only came on for injuries and you'd have like 1 to 17 was the first grade side and then 18 to 35 was the second grade side. And then you'd have guys coming oh, yeah. in in jerseys number 26 and 27 and 28. Oh, um, it was I've just brilliant. 40s. Yeah, even 40s, because that would have been probably the uh, the under-20s or whatever they used to call it back then. President's Cup. President's Cup, that's right. So foreign starting. Is this the most anticipated, certainly it's the most anticipated Warrior debut, and I was thinking, you know, you had two of us a Sheck, you had even Tompkins had a lot of, um, you know, uh, fanfare about it. Ruben Wiki, Steve Price, these big names that we signed, um, even John Kerwin, yeah. who was um, a rah-rah player who came across. But I don't think there's anyone that I've looked forward to more than putting on the Warriors colours and Kieran Foran. Um, is it the biggest sort of club change uh, or the most notable club change since Wally Lewis wow. ran out for the Gold Coast? Yeah. What about last year, though? Hayne at the Titans, they even had player camp. Yeah, that's pre- that was pretty big, but it just didn't seem... Because I think the thing with Haynes is they didn't have time to talk it up because he signed and then he played literally like a week later. The thing with Foran is he's had so much time to build up and he hasn't played the first three rounds and um, there's been enough just to get constant articles and constant sort of different, you know, media perspectives. So, you know, Haynes probably didn't have the... Do you love him? The build. Do you love him? Kieran Foran. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's one of me one of my favourites. And I don't want to. I, He's I don't want to talk about too. But he, if he walks out on us, if he is actually signed for another club before he's even, oh, fuck, it leaves a real sour taste in my mouth. That's just the game though these days, isn't it? And I think that um, from what I've heard, it's it's all going to depend on the success of the season. Um, and if he and if he if really? we go good, and if I think if he ultimately the peak for a Warriors season is 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 it going deep in the playoffs. I don't think we're capable of winning it, but going deep in the playoffs, and that would be enough to bring the likes of a forum back. But if we peter out and finish ninth, I think he's gonna. Um, I think he's gonna head out the door because I don't think it'd be a good club to hang around if we have another season of unfulfilled promise. Um, any, you know, anything you're looking forward to throughout the week, mate? Any any other big league stories? I'm looking forward to. And the week, actually, it's pretty. So I'm going to write an article about about Hong Kong League. Obviously, got a bit on at work. Uh, nothing particularly. Oh, I mean, we should be getting start naming our Kiwi side soon. The, the, you know, the last Anzac Test for a while was coming up, and be good to win that one. Um, I'm actually also in Ackroyd for the Auckland for some of the analysis for the Roosters Warriors game round whenever it is in a few weeks. So oh, if any at Croyd uh, listeners want to join me, we should get a good good crew to go. What yeah. bar, is there any bars to go and have a drink at before there? Um, quite often I used to go for a couple of pints and only hunger and then sort of cruise out oh, yeah. um, to Penrose. 
Uh, I don't know too many places other than, you know, getting up to the Mad Butcher Lounge and uh, having a couple there or just getting to the ground early and having a few in the in the stands, just getting to know the people around me. And um, that's probably, you know, it's all going to be dependent on weather, isn't it? It's Auckland and the horrible weather there lately. That Storm game was underwater. Um, gee oh, whiz, yeah. I think it's the wettest game I've ever seen. That was um, something else, wasn't it? That was remind me of that old Rara test where they played um, Scotland versus New Zealand, and they had to—they were almost underwater. Water polo test based. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, do they still sell live red at Mount Smart Stadium? I think there was somebody might have told me that they was sell something like fucking Great Northern or something. I actually tweeted the Warriors Twitter account because they posted something at the game. And they posted a Carlsberg, and I said, "What's ever happened to what? What was ever wrong with a um, lion red?" And then they tweeted me back. Did you actually say that? Yeah, I did. I'll, I'll, I'll dig it up because they gave me an answer, and I'm not sure. I think the lion red's still there, but they might be sponsored by someone else these days. Well, Woodstock, which is on the jersey, which Woodstock, is a different yeah. foods company than Lion Red, so um, maybe it's not lion. Is Woodstock not owned by Lion? No, nah, it's um, Asahi. Oh yeah. Um, so, look, mate, no doubt we'll be in contact um, throughout this game. So, hopefully, uh, we have a good week. Uh, be looking forward to watching Foreign play. And uh, good to love your league. Good to love your league.